dear listener. Thank you for downloading and listening to Spooky Doings Podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improviser from New York who can't do improv comedy right now because there's still a pandemic going on. But that's fine. I am joined today by the sorceress of the beeps, the boops, the buttons, and all around lady of wonder, Miss Chelsea Bennington. How you doing, Chelsea? Hi, I am doing good. I have my cat next to me. She's ready to also give her opinions in this podcast. So we have another special guest. Um, we, 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 have, uh, we have the cats on the soundboard. Handling yeah. the boops. She's, she's manning it. She has her paw like ready to go. Tonks, baby, tonks, baby, tonk, tonk, tonk. Chelsea's yeah. cat is named Tonks after the Harry Potter character, even though uh, J.K. Rowling's probably needs a drink to the face these days. J.K. Who? We don't know her. That broad with the theme park money. Anyway, <laughs> we are joined today uh, by producer, director, all-around funny man, comedian, um, magnet, megawatt performer, a man whose accolades uh, are, are far and wide. Uh, Mr. John Ross is with us today. Hello, John. Hello, hello, Rick and Chelsea. Very happy to be here. Very happy to see you. It's been a while. I know. Uh, because of disease. Because of disease. Because of disease. That's And the world going to shit. But how are you holding up in the time of COVID, John? Uh, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing okay, I think. Like, uh, I have three roommates. We are, uh, we're, we're taking turns cooking each other meals, which is like a fun treat. Um, we try and have like a, we've blown through like a lot of TV shows, which has been fun. Uh, watch The Outsider and Defending Jacob, amongst other things. Um, we've been watching The Very Dumb Labor of Love which is, this is not a plug for Labor of Love, but like, if you need a dumb thing to watch, that's a very dumb show to watch. Um, we try and do like a park day every now and then, exercising a lot. Just try, mostly trying to keep like, my mind from being like, wow, the world is real bad right now. That's such a great way to be handling it. I love dumb TV. I binged uh, Below Deck yesterday, uh, that Bravo show where it's oh. just these kids that are, they're like maybe in their 20s working on a yacht and it it has no business being that entertaining but it is it's that is so, so funny it's so stupid because i my friend was like you're gonna love this and i'm like no i'm not it's about just a bunch of people that work on a yacht i don't care <laughs> eight episodes eight episodes wow wow <laughs> So yeah, uh, endorse the stupid TV. Yeah, we st we started too hot to handle, kind of as a joke, and then we just kind of like blew through it. We were we got to the end, and we were like, we got too invested in this very dumb show. <laughs> now we have to finish it. Uh, that's, being exactly. a that's part of the reason why I've been sticking to movies because <laughs> with with TV shows, I, I am a completist, and if it's something that you're just watching because like I've watched all the good shit. I, I don't want to be stuck in something. I also am not willing to pay extra for the Hulu to not get commercials. And if I can avoid commercials entirely, I'd be happier. Every Why, why is Chick-fil-A trying to convince me that they're there for me? They have been doing that <laughs> a lot. Their ads have been quite aggressive you're not as, how they are there for you <laughs> you're not as inclusive as your ad makes you out to be chick-fil-a yeah. i have not seen these chick-fil-a ads but i'm very happy to like mute my tv when they show oh, up oh yeah just have some yeah. socks nearby to throw at the tv because you're gonna <laughs> be angry but you don't want to break your but shit. you don't want to break it you don't want to break yeah, exactly. it exactly i learned that during the bush administrations during debates i'm like just have socks nearby <laughs> wing them what's well, much like the guy who threw the shoe at yes. George Bush that got a shoe thrown at him it was it yeah. was I think he, I think it was two shoes also yeah. I, think, I think he threw one and they were like yeah. what and then he threw the second one they were like oh that's a shoe it's like quick look for the one not wearing shoes <laughs> that gentleman my aim was a fuck of a lot better anyway <laughs> this, this is a topic that first came into my head like at the start of this podcast over a year ago I wanted to talk about this and I wanted to talk to you, John, about this specifically. Today's topic, as you can tell by the download, is we're covering the works of Jordan Peele. 
and John has said loudly, he has a PhD in Get Out. This is true. I have claimed I have a PhD in Get Out. Uh, it's 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 a perfect movie. It's just a perfect movie. And when you create the curriculum, it's much easier for you to get the degree. Exactly. Yeah. When you yeah when I when I was like ah yes I have made the curriculum now uh, this the University of Jordan Peele. Uh, first degree in uh, PhD in Get Out, which you could only get a PhD. It didn't require any sort of like associates or bachelors beforehand or masters. You just could, you immediately go for a PhD, which was really nice. Mm -hmm. I love uh, it. <laughs> no, Why didn't no. I interview you for that, uh, for horror noir? You would have been great for that. I, so I found out, I followed the creator of horror noir. Uh, he is so, he's like so cool. He's always, he's always sharing like really fun works and stuff. I have yet to watch horror noir and I know I'll love it when I watch it. Oh, yeah. Part of it is like, I, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, it's on my list to watch. So I better watch it soon. And then like, of course, like I put other things on the list and I end up putting that on the back burner. But with like, uh, especially with like uh, Candyman, Lady Antebellum and, um, no, not Lady Antebellum, uh, Antebellum and what's the other one? There's an HBO show, Lovecraft Country. With yeah. those three oh, like yeah. on the horizon, I really want to kind of like get horror noir under my belt so I can kind of go in a little bit more informed. Um, but I would have loved to have been interviewed for that. I've only heard great things about horror noir. It's, it's... It's all encompassing and wonderful. And I was just there with like a little, you know, making notes of like, okay, I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one in a while. Let's go back to it. Yeah. And uh, I don't think this spoils anything, but if I recall correctly, do you hear Keith David and Ken Forey sing the monster mash to each other as the credits rolled? That's something you might want to watch tonight. When we're wow. <laughs> Okay, we might we might be we might be watching this tonight then. I think it's I don't know if you have Shutter, but I think it's free this month. I think with everything going Sh on, yeah. Shutter is free this month. Oh, sorry, sorry, just horror noir is. Free oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I was like, um, uh, I'm gonna get that. Yeah, I was uh, one of my one of the, like uh, when my birthday's in October, so like. I think I, I think one of the things I had asked for was like a year subscription to Shutter, oh, nice. uh, and then like. <laughs> everyone was like but you're the only one that'll watch the horror movies like really like that and i'm like yeah but like well we can watch it together and we ended up not getting it but i i am i really want a shutter uh subscription just because i love uh, a good horror movie i know you can do they, they've got the 30-day free trials uh i'm sure i got the code in an email someplace all right uh, i'm also <laughs> I'm also just loving that it wasn't given to you for your birthday because it was only going to benefit you. <laughs> it was, it was like, it was like, what give it? That's, I mean, like, if I'm the only one that's going to, I was like, if I'm the only one that's going to use it, I don't want to get it just for me. Right. Like I, I, I want to get, uh, it, it was like, I got other stuff, but I wanted to get a good like community gift. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, but only you're going to use it. And I'm like, how, yeah, bitch, it's my birthday. How, <laughs> how do they know? How do, how do they know they're not going to be one of watching, you know, uh, Cursed Films? That's another good show on there. Oh, I'm uh, still, uh, I'm still shook by Cursed uh, Films. Cursed yeah. Films talks about movies like The Poltergeist, The Crow, Twilight's on the movie, things that have uh, either creepy things happen behind the scenes or a certain arrogant director got an actor and kids decapitated while filming the Twilight Zone movie. So wow. and then everybody knows the crow story where he yeah. was accidentally shot. So it's a very interesting yeah. series where they just talk about the myths and the uh, realities of it. Those the last two episodes are very intense. All right. I got to uh, look. Uh, it sounds like I got to get a shutter. We're, we shutter are plugging so hard. Rather, rather than giving free advertising to shutter. <laughs> we way too hard. We are Back to the curriculum. <laughs> it, it, it's vital. Um, I first heard about Jordan Peele when he and Keegan-Michael Key were on What the Fuck with Mark Maron. And I thought, these guys are funny. Let me check out their show on Comedy Central. And I did. And right from that first skit of them complaining about their girlfriends and trying to get further away and then looking to see the, if the coast is clear and then like i said bitch i'm 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 rolling the entire time but then by the time i got to a halloween episode i'm thinking to myself 
one of these motherfuckers, and I don't know which one, really loves horror. So I was wondering if either you kind of got that idea or, or how did you first come to Jordan Peele? So I learned about, I, I think I learned about them from Mad TV. I, I definitely, they popped back on the radar for me for when they had their own show, um, especially after like it came, it came in the, the uh, wake of Chappelle show, which was just, that was my go-to sketch show was to watch Chappelle show. Um, right. It's very- Just to interrupt, am I racist if I enjoy comedy by, uh, sketch comedy specifically by black artists more than I like white artists? Does that make me racist? <laughs> no, not because, at all. Because within living color, because I'm old, Chappelle yep. show, and Key and Peele, I think those beat the fuck out of Saturday Night Live every day. Well, the other thing is like, with, with Sa especially when comparing those to Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live, while it is fun and it does some stuff good, they have to appeal to such a broad audience that like they can't do a specific thing super well. They, they, gotta, <laughs> they gotta cover the spectrum and that is okay. And they're also like yeah. rotating cast like super heavily, whereas like, Chappelle show was like, oh, I can stay in my lane and like hit these sketches as hard as I want. And we with Key and Peel, like Comedy Central tried to have some other shows. Uh, Inside Amy Schumer did pretty well, but they tried to have other sketch shows to fill that void. They never really hit it, I don't think, until they got Key and Peel. And part of it was they had such a unique take on stuff. Like while uh, while they're like good at doing specifically horror parodies, they were just good at doing genre stuff in mm -hmm. general. Like they could hit a genre thing super, super well. There's this really good sketch, the the bully sketch, which is like everyone saying what they're really feeling in <laughs> regards to like this bully. It's like, well, yeah, maybe I beat up on you because my dad beats me at home and I don't get enough love. And that really makes me feel like, like it's like, oh, like you're just like, you, they, they like play, they know how to play things super serious and super silly when necessary. Uh, but they're really good at genre stuff. But yeah, my I will say I would say the first time I heard about them for sure was Mad TV. But when they popped on my radar as like, oh, these are dudes I'm gonna like follow their career was probably Key and Peel. Um, I love it that like, you said Mad TV because that was my first introduction to them as well. Yeah, it, yeah. It, like like I remember watching Key and Peel and going like, I feel like I've seen these dudes somewhere, and then like looking into both of them being like oh they were on bad tv that's yeah. exactly where i saw them like they were they're exactly. super funny um but yeah that was like but mad or, uh, mad tv was the first place and then key and peel like kind of solidified oh these are two people i'm gonna follow their careers to the to, to the end very much agreed and and uh also within this gets like not just the horror ones, but like when they do like action parodies, yes, musical parodies, and there'd be great social commentary in the things. Like a, there was a zombie sketch where like all the zombies were white, but still avoiding Key and Peele as if they're the threat. It's like, did you just lock your door? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That uh, there's a they have another one that's like that. Is that the Republican zombie one? I don't recall. I can't remember because there's another one where it's aliens where like every time they they have like it's like they're surviving an alien invasion and every time they come across a new set of people the people will be like they'll say something that's like too comfortable so they'll be like oh thank goodness you're here to help me and they're like you must be an alien because like that's not how a real person would react. Uh, yeah, no, I just rewatched that show like maybe a year and a half ago, but now I'm feeling mm. nostalgic and I might have to do it again. It's but a good show. It's, it's it's that good. So unfortunately, it as as all things, they move toward their end. They make Keanu together. I love it's like, Keanu. All right. it, I love Keanu so much. Keanu's Keanu's a really fun, like cute comedy starring them yeah it, it is it's really there's no other way to describe it it was everything i wanted and expected when i watched it like yeah. after watching the trailer i was like this is gonna be precious and <laughs> and just ridiculous at the same time exactly so genre specific too with what they were hitting with like john wick and these revenge tales and stuff like that <laughs> and i was like this is 
a very genre specific but also adorable film and I'm so happy that I've watched it <laughs> uh, it's so much fun yeah I feel like that one got slept on by a lot of people so too. uh yeah. and it should have done a little better than it did in theaters I feel like if people just went and saw it they would have been like oh I enjoyed this exactly. very much so very much so. I don't and even the, remember when it came out. Was it 2017, 2018? Had to be a couple years ago. Um, it was certainly before Get Out. Yeah, it was which, definitely before Get Out. Which came out in 2017. I think oh, it might have been 2016 out. or early seven. Get Out was Get Out was what? February of 2017. So then See, it, this this is from the man who has the PhD. He had, <laughs> yeah, who came out in 2016? Yeah. Oh, okay, it, 20, that makes great. Sense. Yep. Well, yeah, then shortly after that, uh, I would see little articles online. Jordan Peele is directing a horror movie. And right from there, it's like, I don't need to know any more than a release date. Yeah. That answered my question. Which of these two really loves horror? So knowing that, it's like, I don't need to know the plot. Yeah. I'll, I'll just need to know the title the same day I get the release date. And I'm all in. And it ended up being Get Out. And like you said, it's a perfect fucking movie. The first time I saw it, uh, went to the Alamo Draft House with Beautiful Lady, watched it, and left, and immediately texted Chelsea, we're going to see it. So I saw it on a Saturday night, and the following Friday, we're in a sold-out theater in the front row because yeah. all the tickets were taken. I'm like, yeah. I don't give a shit. It's and like, it was this is where we're sitting. This is where I, he was like so adamant. <laughs> I already got the tickets. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and Valette was with us. Yes. And, uh, yeah. and, I wish and that was a been, great movie to see with him. <laughs> I wish he could have been on this episode, but unfortunately he was busy. Valette Graham, frequent spooky doings performer. And it just blew my mind from the get-go. And I'm curious to hear both of your thoughts before I weigh in a little bit more, please. So, Chelsea, if you want to start. Yeah, I can start. I mean, it's very, mine will be very quick just because, um, yeah, mine will be very quick. But I will say it was, it was a very interesting experience seeing it in the theaters because like Rick said, it was a packed, it was completely sold out. And this was after the movie had been out for a week or two. And um, one, week. one week. One week, yeah. And there were so many scenes that I was laughing at and that others were laughing at. I mean, I, I can specifically recall um, the, you know, I would have voted for um, Obama in a third term if I could, you know, those type of situations where someone says like a performative type of, you know, thing. And um, I was laughing at it. The theater was, I, I, I don't remember specifically, but I'm pretty sure it was mostly white. And, um, there were things that I was laughing at and Valette was kind of gasping at that I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, we had talked about it afterwards too. Cause I was like, you know, I, I told her, I was like, I think this is a really interesting experience seeing what I'm laughing at and seeing what you're laughing at. I mean, we're laughing at the same things that some of the times you're more scared at some situations than, than I am. I'm just feeling a little uneasy. Um, so in that regard, it was really interesting to see in theaters and I absolutely loved it. I was talking about it for days and I'm, I'm originally from the South. I grew up in Alabama. I went to college in Georgia um, and I was so excited to show it to my white Southern mother. I was so <laughs> excited to show it to her because I really just wanted to see how she would react to it. So it just became one of those movies where I'm like, I want to show people just to see what their reaction, what they think. And my mom loved it. There was some stuff where she was like, oh, <laughs> like almost <laughs> like she just kind of was like, yeah. <laughs> and as, as um, I, that was pretty great. <laughs> as I recall, not in the entire theater when I was with you, Chelsea, but definitely our front row was certainly a mix of black and white people. I didn't really it? check yeah. behind us, but I did enjoy- I did to look for open seats because we were in the front. Because <laughs> we were sold out, baby. I, I, I enjoyed watching it that second time to watch the people around me because it's like, all right, now I, I know what's happening. 
saw this week. And I don't think it was sold out that first Saturday night that I went. So it's mm. definitely one of those things that everybody that went that first yeah. week told everybody, like, no, you need to see this motherfucker. Don't wait to see it at home. Yeah. Now, Mr. Ross, because I'm nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh so my first time seeing it, I remember I, I walked out and before my feet hit the, before my feet hit the street to like, to hit the sidewalk to start like walking to the train, I had already bought the album, the, the yes. soundtrack for the movie, and I had pre-ordered it. So like, I had just spent like $17 to go see this movie and then I spent another $30 to own the experience at some point in the future. Um, I bra- I do, while I do brag a lot about having, see- like I've seen it a lot since I've owned it. I actually think I only saw it in theaters two or three times. Uh, I think I saw it three times. I think I saw it three times, but I bought tickets four times. Cause this was also, if I'm not mistaken, this was like really early in movie pass. And I think at one point I had bought I believe I had this was a movie I had bought a movie pass ticket for and it just didn't go see it. <laughs> like I, I got the movie pass ticket and then I, I was like, oh, like something either came up or like I ended up not being able to see the whole thing. But I still like redeemed the ticket just to give it the sell because I was like, this is this is for me. Uh, and I, I remember I remember getting to the end trying to be like, OK, what problems did I have with this movie? Like, what what can I nitpick at? And I was just trying to find a thing to like be like, I don't know. And then I like, by the time we had gotten to the gotten to the train, I was like, I think this was just a perfect movie. That's just a perfect movie. Like, I don't think I I can say there's nothing negative I can say about that movie. Uh, from top to bottom, it, it it's it's a it like every scene matters. And I've even seen like because I own it, I've seen like a lot of the deleted scenes that didn't like make it in every scene that they kept was was all the important information. The stuff that they got rid of was stuff that you could do without, but everything they kept was super important. Um, and I and remember- then, Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll ask just, you after. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I remember like the second time I went to see it, I was like looking for things that I had missed the first time. And I tried not to read anything about it. I was trying to like, just kind of learn everything from the movie as is. I did end up reading like one or two articles on it. Um, and I ended up I ended up looking for reviews and it had, I, I remember when it was still at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and fucking Armin White had to go and give it a shitty review for no real good, re- like his review was mostly like, I was fine with this, but it fine. was, it was, there was like, it was like the one negative review that brought I, it down to like a 99. That is, but okay. He's, but he, he's I, like a, he's a reviewer that like always goes against the grain. Like when other critics are like, we love this movie. He's uh, like, eh, I hate this movie. Or if other critics are like, this movie was fine. He was like, this is the best movie. And but- it, He's a contrarian son of a bitch. And I know because I frequently am one. But (laughs) in this case, you're not wrong. Because in each time that I've watched this movie, yeah, I'm picking up on new shit. But the day after I saw it the first time, uh, again, with Beautiful Lady, we're going to pick up comic books for the week. There's a bakery next door. We're friendly with the people that run that. We're getting a treat. And just out of nowhere, it explodes from my mouth. I'm like, that's why she didn't want the cop to look at his ID. Yeah. Because then if he went missing, that cop would not. And, and, and my girlfriend's like, really? That, that just burst from your face like, you know, you're John Hurt and there's an alien in your chest. I'm like, it just sprung out. Yeah. Yep. And, See, and there's one specific scene where you know because i i am also one who believes this movie just has no flaws there's just nothing nothing about it that upsets me that irks me or anything i i love it um one of my best friends who is a writer and she's also not a huge horror fan other person i showed it to i was like we have to watch this film and um and she loved it and there was one thing that she texted me about a couple of days later that I thought was really funny. I was like, God, you find everything. Um, and I can see her point, but I don't necessarily agree that it's a flaw of the film. But she was talking about, she was like, I know this was played for the horror and for the tense uh, situation. But one thing, as 
a narrative piece and a logical narrative piece that bothered me was um, when, I, I don't remember her name, but when Allison Williams' character is pretending to get the keys. Mm -hmm. And yes. it's like, why did she just keep pretending to get the keys? And then was like, you know, you mean these keys? I was like, because it's a great scene. <laughs> like I was one of those yeah. people that was just like, um, because it's great. And it was a great scene. She was like, but logically, why was she doing it? And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. I, w I actually rewatched it like this morning <laughs> to get <Nice>. ready <laughs> because I wanted to see if I noticed anything. There's, there's one thing that I've always known. A lot of people think that the first time that Allison, that Rose like show, like is like playing for the, is, is, is like showing who she truly is. A lot of people think the first time is the police officer scene, but I want to quiz you guys. There's, there's, it's actually not that scene. There's something that happens a little earlier where she shows like, oh, like who her true colors. And it's a very small thing. Oh man. My guess would be in the car when she's on the phone with Rod, like, oh no, this, this is all just a ploy to get to you. That's the, that's the, that's actually the second thing before the police officer. There's one more thing right before that. You want me to tell you what it is? Yeah, because my guess was going to be after throw, that anyway. Throw, so, throw yeah. out the window? Yes, that's it. That's it, Rick. That's it. Wait, what was it? The cigarette. the cigarette out the window. So the the first time when she when she does that, the first time I watched it, the first time you watch that set of scenes, that like sequence, it's like, oh, she like wants him to be healthy. Oh, she's actually sticking up for his rights. Like, you know, it like all looks good. But the mm. cigarette thing is like, oh, you know, I, I'm taking you're you are the merchandise. I am taking you to be auctioned off. So okay. like I have to protect the merchandise. The the ploy the 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 little rail the little rail comment I hadn't even like you just pointed that out to me mm -hmm. but I hadn't even really noticed that but that's like kind of like it's it's like a wink it's like a wink to like just her it's like an inside joke just for her in that moment and then the police officer thing of course like even though that that's a it was like oh this is a shitty racist situation that he's in little does he know like that's like the lesser of the two situations that he like, if, if he had all the information that he could choose, that's the lesser of the two situations. Uh, but the cigarette piece, like always, like, I remember, I remember the, the second time I watched it, I think I noticed the cigarette thing. I was like, oh, she's like not trying to get him to stop smoking for his sake. That's about, well, we need the body to be in perfect condition. Mm -hmm. Those are uh, going to be your lungs much longer. <laughs> right. And then the, uh, Chelsea, you were talking about the scene. Your friend was, had a problem with the scene with looking for the keys. Mm -hmm. And there's this other scene that's kind of similar. And it's when Jeremy, uh, the brother, is that his name? Yeah, Jeremy, the brother at dinner, tries to like wrestle Chris, mm -hmm. like do the MMA, the MMA scene where he like gets up and he like tries to wrestle Chris at dinner. Mm -hmm. I didn't really notice that until this time. But that's sort of like a, it's, it's this weird thing where like, He's in the Jeremy's in the mindset of like I got like we got you you're you're trapped already so I can do whatever I want to you and the other the other people are like look calm down like we don't have this fully on lock yet so like you need to stop this which is why they like uh, Catherine Keener's character the mom is like very much like hey like she like gets really serious and the mood changes for like a split second mm -hmm. um, but that was like I think that the looking for the keys thing is kind of like rose's way of doing the like oh, i'm helping i'm helping you know i can't get yeah keys, right like exactly it's like almost it's it's it that was one thing i was thinking about too it's like even though he's he's literally surrounded he there's always still a chance like he's gonna bust out in some way and yep. so her looking for the keys and then just me loving those there's nothing I love more than when, um, especially in a horror movie, when a woman just suddenly switches. Yes. There's just something so deranged and beautiful about that. And so that gave Allison Williams such a great moment to just 
poker face. And yeah. it was so wonderful that I was like, don't ask me about the logic of it. It was a great thing. <laughs> On top of that, I will be the first to admit that I got, I Rose fucking tricked the shit out of me. Cause like watching the movie, you're like, okay, well this is set in present day. So this can only be, but so bad. Like this can only get so bad. And maybe Rose is under hypnosis too like the families proved that they can hypnotize people so like maybe she's like one of the, like like maybe she's like really a good one and in the moment she turns it's like it, it it true like it was a really fun moment like a really fun scary moment for me in the show or in the movie because like the floor for me dropped out there like there was i'm, I'm a huge, you too huh yeah i'm a huge optimist so i was like oh she's gonna be like he's she's gonna help him out somehow and when when she turns it's like oh yeah no. even though we and that's and just to let you know how optimistic i was that's a scene after he finds the photos i was about all to the, mention I was that like, i was like i was like really, like thinking back i'm like man it's so dumb that i was holding on to that hope for mm -hmm. so long but like i really didn't i really wanted it to end it kind of helps to hear that because i was i was almost like am i just empathizing with a white girl and what am i doing <laughs> but um when he was looking at all the pictures of her with all the other black men, I was like, oh my God, they've been brainwashing her too to bring all these black men. Yes, that's, that, was my, that was my first thought because I was like, oh, they can, they've proven they can brainwash. So to me, it was like, and, and a part of that is like, I think part of that genius is like, it sort of displays kind of this theme of like, oh, even though that is a potential way that they could have pulled this off, one they didn't need to and two they didn't want to do it that way like she was in on it from the get-go yeah. and that makes it like kind of that much more terrifying the, the, i i can see why you had that opinion i didn't because i'm yeah I'm, no. I'm the hardcore horror fan i'm like nobody is to be trusted in this situation so that again brilliantly done but come yeah. to be expected from me but what I liked uh, sitting between Chelsea and Villette on the second go round is watching the, the party scene again. Yes. And, and cause watching it the first time, you know, uh, being of my complexion, uh, I've not been in that situation. You know, a lot of people don't know uh, my dad was Cuban until they hear my last name. And then it's not that big a deal anyway, cause I look the way I look, but all the weird awkwardness and the saying and the unwanted physical contact and yeah. the silences as you walk through a room and Valette's next to me and I audibly hear him say no <laughs> I was not prepared yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and the brilliance of the horror is that it's slow burn slow burn slow burn shit goes completely off the rails you, the audience is now tense as a motherfucker and Jordan Peele brilliantly brings Lil Rel Howery as Rod to make us laugh our asses off and yep. collectively unclench. Yep. So it's comedy, exposition, more comedy, more exposition, big fucking ending. And it's it's the best roller coaster I can conceive of being on. It's it's so good. The the party scene, the every time I think about the party scene, I think about one of I forgot about this, but one of my viewings was in Harlem, it was in the outdoor theater when we could connect with people in the before four times. Oh, that uh, was great. It was a, they had a live orchestra like Ooh. doing the music to to the movie. And in the in the party scene, like you could hear every, 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 like everything that they said. It was just like, oh, come on. Like, no, what? Like, like just like everyone clinching at every single thing. I, um, I'm no tiger. I'm no tiger. <laughs> Show me your form. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, uh, it's so, it's so perfect. It's just such a perfect movie. What did you think of um, the alternate ending? I was getting ready to ask you. I know. <laughs> so I think the ending that Jordan ended up going with for the theatrical release was the, I think it was the, the, I think it was the better ending to go with. Um, I think the, I think if it had gone with the other ending, 
it might it potentially would have put him at risk of not getting the Oscar for the movie um, because it would have been a little bit I think it would have been just too heavy uh, even though I think that ending is the more realistic ending yes. and more, which was, cause there's two, I, I think there's two alternate endings. Yeah, there is two, right? I'm only remembering one. So but... there's one where when the car drives up, it's the, it's the regular police right. and he gets arrested and Rose, I think is dead. There's yes, actually the another, there's another one the where person. the, the yeah, he ends up that and so in the in the in the other in that same alternate ending, he gets arrested, Rose dies, and he goes to prison. Mm-hmm. There's another ending, I believe the second alternate ending, Rose doesn't die. He's like trying to choke her, and the police pull up before he can finish killing her. Like she she I believe she does not die in one ending. Um and I forget, I forget the details of that ending. It's but, very much like Mario Van Peebles and Jaws the Revenge. It all depends on which ending you see. <laughs> um, but yeah, but the, I, I, I agree. The, this, this is not the realistic ending, but I think because it's a horror movie in a very unrealistic situation yeah. of, of taking people's brains and putting them in other bodies and them working, you can give it the unrealistic ending. Yeah, I think and, it... And I, horror fans will be right there with you. I think it for sure earns that ending. And it also, like, it's still, like, not the best ending. Like, a lot of people died. And, like, Lakeith, Lakeith and uh, Georgina and uh, the grandpa, all gotta of them end up, up dying. Like, give it up to Georgina. Yeah, oh, oh man. fucking... The no 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 scene like that and 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 crying yeah and bringing it back to one of uh, the my, it's abs- my favorite Key and Peele skit even before it got into the horror elements the two old ladies praying for each other's family oh yeah. jo- Georgina my son-in-law uh, Arthur he's been looking at the at, at the hardcore pornography on the internet. <laughs> And if he does, if Satan doesn't free him from his cloven hoof, I'm gonna squid on, squat on his dick and rip it off with a divine kegel. <laughs> with my prayers. With my and prayers. Then, and then the devil shows up, and I'm like, oh, now we're in full horror mode. Exactly. And they're, and, and they're torturing the devil's dick. <laughs> if, if I if I remember correctly, I think Jordan Peele said one of the reasons he didn't go with that scene was because a lot of the civil unrest that was happening and he just felt like that was just almost not fair like to to put that in the entertainment or at least just not fair for black people to try to escape watching this movie and they're already feeling so many complex things from this movie and then for it to end like that that was i i i think i know exactly what interview you're talking about and i think that was like truly like a great like that was like an awesome choice to make to be like yeah. oh yeah i'm making this as a like we like the p the the target the, the not necessarily the target audience but like the people the people who have been subject to this they know how it really ends there's no reason to need to show that yeah uh whereas like showing this fun ending did it was such one it was such like a weight off a weight off and then oh, yeah. two you get like one of the best like ending lines ever of like, With yes, I told you not to date them white girls. <laughs> Actually, no. Thank you for bringing that up. I figured out the one flaw of this movie. What There's flaws? There's what are you One flaw about? of this movie. What's the ev- flaw? Not everybody's gonna know this, but I love a band called the Dirt Bombs. So the music during the closing credits should have been their song "I'm Through with White." That's girls. not a flaw. That's, that's just not a choice. That's a that's a personal choice. That's a personal choice. Get yes. out of here! But I'm kidding you. <laughs> the next time you watch it, John, cue up that song and then, and then play it over the credits. And then play it over the end credits, and you're gonna be like, "Yep, yep." All right. All the white uh, girls trying to smurf like me. <laughs> white girls. <laughs> All right. I'll I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. So um, going to his, his other work, when it, comes to, when it comes to us, I know that for a lot of people, that's one that I hear is kind of a mixed bag just from friends that they either really loved it or they liked it. It's not that they, I don't know anybody who hated it. 
but it was definitely one that I don't know maybe it just didn't glue as many people in or maybe it was with it being a little bit more of a not that it's a more complex story but there is some certain horror layers there that aren't as on the nose as some commentary and get out at least in, from my perspective um i mean lupita is basically the most perfect person on the planet and no there's just no comparison so i really loved it but yeah. yeah so what is what do you think about us us i so for me i remember getting out of us and loving it and the further i got away from it i still i do love it but us was more of a so get out is more of a complete story it's like this is the beginning this is the middle this is the end whereas us kind of leaves us in a world of like by the end of us it's kind of like oh okay well what else is true about this world and what else like needs to be unpacked here it feels like there's more to be unpacked and more left yeah. uh to say um i i i like i think i definitely rank get out above us but i still put us up there i think us is and i also own us and i think i liked it more the second time i saw it than i did the first time because part of it was part of the, the part of us is he kind of flips he kind of flips the story and like a lot of the action stuff happens in like the first 30 minutes and then after that like once they leave the house the rest of it is like sort of like a mystery not a murder mystery too much but like sort of like a whodunit and like Why? what happened yeah. uh i do remember the first time i saw us spoiler alert if you haven't seen us yet but the first time i saw us when they show the little girl see when they show little lupita see little lupita i remember going oh they i remember thinking they switched mm -hmm. i remember thinking like oh they switched uh immediately and then when we get, of course, when you get to the end and you find out that that's the case, it's like, oh, okay. That like makes this, it's like, oh, okay. That's like, you know, it, it, I, I, I sometimes like debate internally if it would have been worth sharing that information a little sooner to kind of make stuff read more. Because when you rewatch it with knowing that ahead of time, you're kind of like, oh, okay. This all makes a little bit more sense now. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I love us. Uh, I think it's got a lot more, I, I think it's more subtle. Get Out was yeah. a little bit more on the nose and us was like a little bit more like, oh, we're going to use a little bit more imagery, a little bit more, uh, storytelling. Um, and I think it was like, I also think it was just really fun to see Lupita lead, which oh, was like, so good. I, 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 I think to use Jordan Peele's own words when he said, get out was a documentary and us was just straight horror and there was love for the horror genre just literally and figuratively dripping throughout uh from little things like the boardwalk being the same and a reference to the lost boys being filmed there to um the the, the videotapes at the very beginning one yep. of them being chud uh in there to the way the twins bodies are laying are similar to the twins in the shining yeah uh the boat scene where where like the little life raft just pops up and it's similar to the barrel in jaws that and you know going underground through a boiler room for a second is reminiscent of nightmare on elm street yeah um, but i'm gonna respectfully of course disagree with you about uh not letting not finding out that uh red and i forget the name of the other character and i'm, I'm but lupita's a uh, main character main character uh switching and not finding that out until the very end i like that because it it challenges the audience in a different way than get out challenge yeah it challenges I, I, the audience to realize they have been rooting for the villain the entire time yeah and it's like oh no, but but Red was was wrong. She's completely in the right for wanting revenge and all that creepiness. And and that's why as I I, I love them both. I cannot pick a favorite. Yeah, that's I almost fair. feel like it'd be too 
it's it's like there wouldn't be a right or wrong choice on if they revealed it earlier in the film. It, it would just make the film different. Because, it would make it, yeah. Yeah, you would have to, you would have that internal conflict throughout the movie, not till the very end. You would be like, oh my God, but, you know, I relate to her in this way. Or exactly. um, it, it she was a kid. She didn't deserve, like, to be in this situation. So I feel like it would almost just add a sense of dread to the film because then you're thinking well what's going to happen to the one that's innocent type of situation so i don't think there's a right or wrong choice i think it just completely changes the dynamic of what conflict you're having when watching it so and i think i think i only say that as someone who's like watched us twice and i would say i would say probably the i would say i could i, I think i can like let go of like wanting that change if like if like my, I guess my second stance is like, if you watch us once, get through it, then watch it again, yeah. knowing how it ends yeah. and and Got then it. look for, look at it through. So look, so that way you get to see it through both sets of eyes, which is like really fun. What's your favorite part of us? My favorite part of us. Sounds like a relationship question. <laughs> What's your favorite part my of favorite us? My favorite part of us <laughs> is, um, I think the uh, the the first, I think up until uh, Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss's death. So I think basically when it's like when it's like them like unsure of like why this is happening, uh, the the entire Red family showing up, uh, the interaction between Lupita and Red, um, like that. I think that scene, that specific scene when they when they first enter the home and kind of take it over before they're like running from each other or yeah before they're running from each other I think that's probably like my favorite scene because it's like it's very much like what the fuck is going on and why is this happening like the first time you watch it and then the second time you watch it it's like oh my god like if you guys just sit down and talk this out maybe it'll work but like maybe it won't <laughs> again that optimism yeah look <laughs> I'm an optimist I can't help it <laughs> um but yeah, when they when they come face to face and they're like, uh, Lupita and Red are like trying to like, when Red is trying to explain to Lupita exactly what happened before we, of course, know that they've switched, uh, that is probably my favorite scene. Nice. Chelsea? I, um, that's pretty much one of my favorite scenes as well i i do i as a just as a horror fan in general i i love the scene um with elizabeth moss and her husband and the two kids when they get killed because i wasn't expecting i don't know if this was ever revealed in the trailers i knew elizabeth moss was going to die because in the trailers she's like crawling and all bloody and i knew yeah. that was going to happen but i didn't know that there were going to be other you know like families so when i saw yeah. that it was you know um evil elizabeth moss and uh whoever her husband was and the twins i thought that was brilliant and i mean of course the classic like call the police and she's like okay playing fuck the police by nwa it's like oh yeah okay i'm, I'm, I'm glad <laughs> um, you mentioned that because that yeah. kicks into my favorite part of the movie i love the way fuck the police syncs perfectly with what's going on as the kids oh as they're going into the yeah. house because right as they open the door you get the lyric and when i'm finished it's going to be a bloodbath and they're walking around they're seeing things mm -hmm. they're picking up weapon makeshift weapons to defend themselves and they're going up the stairs and you see like the slow cartwheel of one of the the duplicate twins and it's like okay something's gonna happen and then right before it jumps out it's like we'll go at it punk and i'm gonna fuck you up and then yeah. it it succeeded Sinking music with imagery in the way that Baby Driver failed and should have been better. <laughs> the way Baby Driver tried to. It tried to and didn't pull it off. Yeah. Th throughout the entirety of Baby Driver, Jordan Peele pulled this off better in just that one. Who directed theme. Baby Driver? Was that Edgar, Edgar Wright? Wright. Edgar I Wright. Edgar Wright. I love Edgar yeah. Wright, but no you, you've been outshone dude but i do i also i love the kids in us and one of my other favorite mm -hmm. scenes just for the imagery is when he's leading his like when, twin to go back is there the 
Is hey, there hey. an explanation for that? Because that like never it never sh- pops back up in the movie. It's like the son figured it out, mm-hmm. but we never hear exactly like. I think that's one of the questions by the end of the movie that still like sat with me where it's like, okay, like, did this mean that they were, I understand that they were connected. Uh, they were like connected in some way, mm-hmm. but how did the son figure out the, the mirroring? The way I interpret it as they're tethered. That's their dark reflection and reflection does what you do kind of back when when red is explaining her family like then she met her husband and it didn't matter if they weren't in love that's now who your who your husband is because because your reflection is is now married so you're tethered whether that happens or not and the pregnancies may not have been like a a a physical connection in, in down below it just happen so when you know and no one said this this is just coming straight out of my ass uh when you realize you can control your reflection it's gonna do what you're gonna do and then you burn the fuck out of it okay that's fair look Uh, i'll I'll take it the uh and chelsea what you were saying earlier about the reveal of other others mm -hmm. i think that was like part of me loves that moment because it's like, it breaks the, like, it's like, we know the, like, at that point, it's like, we understand the rules. We understand what we're running from. We know what, you know, we know what our protagonists need to do to get safe. And then when that happens, it's like, oh no. It's like, it, it, which is, everywhere. <laughs> which is part of a, I think part of like, I remember reading an interview where Jordan had Lupita watch It Follows to, uh, to get ready for this movie. And I was like, oh, you pull that straight from It Follows because that's a movie that's like, yeah, you understand how this ghost murder thing works? Sure, you, oh no, you don't understand anything because we didn't yeah. tell you all the rules. We only let you assume what you wanted to assume. And now you know the rules. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are rules to surviving horror. And if you know the rules, you'll get through situations. You exactly. don't play good vibrations by Beach Boys on your speaker system. That's just <laughs> asking for death. Much like watching all the movies I do, if you're looking at them through the lens of a quarantine, suddenly you realize there are too many mayors from Jaws in politics. <laughs> it, Alien should have told us quarantine is important and the corporation doesn't care about us. It's all there. Pay it's attention all- to shit. It's been there the whole time. Uh, but hopefully things will get better and we'll be able to see Candyman and we'll be able yeah, to see Yeah, what's what's Antebellum. the latest on Antebellum and Candyman? Everything get, everything's getting pushed back. Well, so I know it's it, getting pushed back, but when? Like, it, has it, are they... They put, kind of announced September, but that's not a lock. Um, yeah. The last I saw was... Doo, 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 doo. I saw, did they, I don't think they had a specific date. Yeah, because uh, I didn't know if soon. with Antebellum, if they were going to end up, like, biting the bullet and giving it a home release and then trying Candyman with theaters. That's just something my marketing brain um, was like, oh, that could make sense, but Candyman I'm also pushing for both. Candyman they did for September 25th. Okay. Um, I'm looking at other stuff, Antebellum. I'm excited for Antebellum. I'm just hoping that during the quarantine, Jordan Peele's in his house typing up some delightfully wonderful shit for next time. And uh, I have been pondering that that in these these times when we're all stuck inside, even though a lot of you know financial interests are saying, no, go outside. It's safe. It's a beautiful day. No one's getting in the water. Just like Mayor Vaughn from <laughs> Just. Um, that I kind of predict that you're going to see a lot of isolation-themed horror coming out over the next couple of years. I think we're going to see a lot of isolation-themed everything. (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense. And we need those writers on the inside. Were you able to find uh, something about Candyman? Candyman, September 25th, and then Antebellum, I see August 21st. But both are still set for this year. I'm, um, I'm, I'm betting on those dates, but that's okay. I yeah, can good stuff. I, I I'd be happy. Here's the thing. Here's my thing with movies right now. 
I'm, I'm going to be fine if you release it right now to like watch a video on demand. I watched mm-hmm. the, so I saw the last movie I saw in the theaters was a horror movie. It was the invisible man. Yeah. I loved it so much. Got home. Uh, like once we got locked down, it was like one of the first movies mm-hmm. because Lene and I saw it in theaters and the household like hadn't seen it yet. So we like actually rented it for the like crazy $20 price to watch it at home. Still loved it. So you know, it. I know theaters are like, oh, don't release your movies, you know, to digital because if you do that, we are gonna like, we're probably gonna boycott your production studio. And it's like, I understand that there's money to be made, but if the movie's good enough, like I know Antebellum and Candyman will be, I'll I'll watch it at home. And guess what? I'll go watch it at theaters too mm-hmm. when that's an okay. option. When that's a safe option, I'll absolutely go do that. But like. My fear is that they're going to be like, okay, we're going to, they're, they're going to do what they're trying to do right now, which they've done with a few movies where it's like, we're going to like release it to theaters limited. And then like two weeks later, do it to digital. And it's like, just, just release it. Just release it to regular. Just release it. Yeah. It's like, you're digital. not making sense. <laughs> I, I, I realize, you know, they're, they're in the independently owned theaters, a few of them, the small theaters, they need our help. I'm glad to help them. I've done what I can from inside the house. Uh, and, but, you know, there are places like Draft House that will show old movies. Hell yeah, I'll go to a screen. Chelsea and I Mostly have gone what screening. I see at Alamo is things I've already seen before. Exactly. And that's a great time. And, but, yes, put, put it out there. For, for all the people that don't ha- still don't have Mouse Plus, if the mouse put out Black Widow, everybody else would get the Mouse Plus. We watched... We watched Onward because it came to Disney Plus. Like, and that was a movie I had heard like just a little bit of good about. I really loved it. I don't even know what that is. I'm assuming this was not It's a Disney film. That was it came it was in theaters for like a week, I think. And then because of the mouse, it had to be something Disney, but I'm like, ain't no zombies or karate, so I don't know. (laughs) But that's okay. Just put it we'll the audience is still there, and if it, this has taught us anything, we're gonna watch a lot of shit. Yeah, we yeah. have a hunger for it right now. Exactly. Yeah. So I, when my job resumes and I get to, you know, dress a set or set up a cast chair for somebody, it's gonna be all right. We're gonna have a good time. We're we'll just gonna lice all the cast chair. That's gonna be me, probably. Exactly. <laughs> See. Gladly. The the I I understand like hanging on to the movie going experience. And I, I truly get, I think that like, wow, it's going to be like different for a while, but just because it's going to be different for a while doesn't mean that the, especially the content that's already ready to be out there, we don't need to delay it. Like no. if these movies are ready to be released and like, sure, ideally you get people in theaters in seats, but like, if it's not safe to do that, if you're putting if you're going to risk putting people in harm's way to get them to theaters, it might be better to just make money from healthy living people than potentially like making people sick. It's like Christopher Nolan trying to kill everybody to see his new movie because he like, still wanted it to be released in theaters in July. I <laughs> want to see Tenet in theaters and I'm sure that I'll see it in theaters at some point in the future. But for now, it's, it, I'm, I'm not going to go see it in theaters now. I'm going to go see it when it's digitally released. And I can watch it at home safely. Mm-hmm. It's like, come and on. That's, that's coming from Dr. John Ross. From Dr. John Ross. Again, PhD, PhD in Get Out. In get Out. Yes. <laughs> Listen to your doctors, motherfucker. <laughs> John, where can people find you if they want to check out? You can you find know? me on literally almost, I think all social media now, I am at Black John Ross. Um, John with J-O-H-N, so at Black John Ross. Uh, I, I've been on, uh, TikTok a lot recently. <gasps> I you love know, I TikTok. Got... I'm down with the kids. I it... love TikTok. <laughs> Look, TikTok is the wild, wild west of fun. It's uh, so she... creative. My little sister does the greatest stuff on there. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's really fun to do. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Um, I do, uh, uh, still doing sketch with the Nitro Girls. We're getting ready for a show that should be ready for late July, um yeah and you know it it, you can find yeah twitter at black john ross is where i'm most active probably cool chelsea where can the folks find you as tonks is in the background of your video supervising and make sure we don't making sure we don't muck things up 
Um, you can find me at Chelsea Bennington on Instagram and Twitter. Those are the primarily the ones I'm on. I need to get a TikTok because right now I'm just relying on my sister to send me the fun TikToks so that I don't have to filter through everything. But I need to do the work and make a TikTok. I don't really know what that is, but that's okay. You can check out Spooky Doings on Instagram for podcast info. Spooky Doings Improv is on Facebook. So you'll find information about the podcast there and uh, it'll be great. So thank you for being a part of this with us, John. I remember the sexy Mike Stevens, the Magnet Theater, looked at you one day, or was it the Triple Crown? And referred to you as the symbol of black excellence. And that's why you're black John Ross on social media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a doctor, you're a symbol of excellence. Set the bar high. Thank you, thank you. Always glad to be a part of these. I'm glad you're well. Please give my love to all the wonderful folks in your household and to our listeners uh stay good stay healthy stay spooky you Until too next time.